I can't believe it's the first Sunday of March. How insane is it that it's March already? Right? It's crazy. And this weather we've been having. Who, who, who here has been sick in the last couple, couple of weeks, right? Some of us have been weak, sick four weeks. Uh, some of us have, yeah, it's crazy. This weather's crazy. If you have your Bibles, go ahead and open up to the Gospel of Matthew. Matthew is the very first book of the New Testament. Matthew is where we're going to be today. Uh, we're going to look at... Just a short section of scripture in chapter 7, Matthew chapter 7, verses 24 through 27, and if you'll turn there and hold that, we'll read that in just a few minutes. It'll be on the screen as well if you don't have, have your Bible with you. So, I'd like to begin this morning by praying uh, for the names uh, that are on the board. You guys know, if you've been here, we've been in this series, Pray for One, and we've had you guys each week, if you uh, have not had the opportunity to do that, to write names, first names only, on the two, two blackboards that are in a room, one over here, one in the back, and uh, each week we've committed to pray for, for these folks, these individuals, these are our are ones, the ones that we are saying, hey, we want uh, God to draw them to the cross, we want God to to use us in some way, shape, or form to, uh, to introduce them to, to the gospel or to share God's love with them. And so that's what we, we've committed to do. We're going to pray for them. And so I'd like to begin today by praying for them, if you guys would join me. Father, we thank you so much for our time of worship, God, as we sit here and as we sing songs to you. God, you are worthy of our praise. You are worthy of and we just thank you, God, as we sing songs about uh, your, your everlasting love and how we will worship you. And um, Father, we, just th- we thank you for your grace and mercy. And God, I just, I lift these, uh, just come before you and lift these names up on these boards, uh, God, as, as we've prayed for these individuals each week. Uh, you know each one. You know each, each, each person. You know uh, the circumstances of their lives. You know... Uh, what they're dealing with, you God, you know the barriers that are keeping them from uh, from coming to you. And so, Father, I just pray that uh, your Spirit would just uh, move, God, that you would convict, uh, God, that you would use uh, the folks that have written these names on these boards, that you would use them to share God's love, God, that it may break down a wall, or it may break down a barrier, or it may even spark a conversation. And we just pray, Father, that you would draw them to you. God, we pray ultimately for their salvation. We pray, God, that they would come to a, uh, just a saving faith uh, in Jesus Christ. They would put their trust in you. We pray these things in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. So for those of you that may not be able to see from, from a distance, this here is an hourglass. Okay? Like sand... Through an hourglass, these are the days of our lives. There they are. Those are the days of our lives. They're falling through. Those are the days of our lives. That's what happens with life, right? It goes, it falls right through the hourglass and time slips away. So I want you to be honest with me this morning, okay? Uh, How many of you have ever watched or are currently watching uh, the soap opera Days of Our Lives? Come on, show of hands. 
Those of you who are not raising your hands are lying. <laughs> You're like, <laughs> right? I mean, come on, let's be honest. No, nobody, nobody likes to admit that they're watching Days of Our Lives. But I, I'll be honest with you, okay, since I'm, I'm up here and I'm preaching and, and, and uh, I'm a man of the cloth, I guess. Uh, I want to be honest and confess that I did go through a short, brief period in my life uh, where I got hooked on Days. I, I got hooked on it, man. And I, I don't I don't think anyone really intentionally tries to get hooked, right? It just, it just kind of, it's one of those shows that once you kind of watch it, it sucks you in, right? It's like, man, I, I want more of days in my life. Uh, <clears throat> for me, I was a senior in high school, right? And so I got hooked young. <laughs> I was a senior in high school, uh, football season. Uh, football was my sport, and so football season was over. And since I was a senior... Uh, I got out of school early. I didn't have to go to football practice. I didn't have to go to the gym to work out. Like, I was done. So I would get home super early, and, and I'll never forget the first time I turned it on, and there it was days. And like I said, it just kind of sucked me in. I got, it got hooked. Um, it became a daily obsession for me. Like, it was, it was days of our lives, and then it was an hour break, and then it was Beverly Hills 90210 for me. Right? That's, that's kind of how my afternoons, like the, the last semester of my senior year, that, that's how it worked out for me. And I could not wait for that last bell to ring so I could rush home and catch Days of Our Lives. I mean, I didn't want to miss an episode, right? I wanted to know what was going on. I wanted to know about Victor and the Brady Brothers and Marlena. And, and to be honest, man, it was just one of those, it, it was sad. It was sad. I, I needed an intervention in my life. That's what I needed. And it's funny, though, because I'm, I'm pretty sure that it's the same with all soap operas. That's really the only soap opera I ever really watched. Uh, and I haven't watched Days uh, in, in, in a long time. I, mean, I haven't watched Days in years. <laughs> and, uh, and I'm willing to bet that, that I could start watching it again, which I won't because I don't want to get sucked in again. But I, could, I bet I could watch, start watching it again. And within a week, it would, it would feel like I hadn't missed a beat. You know what I'm talking about? Right? Even though the plot lines may change a bit here and there, the drama is pretty much the same. And I think that, in a way, it really describes the pattern of this world that we live in, right? Like sand in an hourglass, these are the days of our lives. They drop, and they drop, and they drop. And while some of the days uh, of our of, of, of day-to-day circumstances may look different, for most of us, our lives really do follow a pattern that looks uh, like every other life. Right? I mean, I can tell you, uh, the routine uh, pretty much every day is about the same for us. You know, I can tell you my kids eat waffles with peanut butter on them every single morning. Like, it's gotten to the point where I will make them before they even wake up because I know that's what they're going to have, right? Just because it's the routine we've gotten into, right? That's this kind of mundaneness of life. And yet Jesus came to deliver us from the pattern, right, from just the mundane and to give us a different kind of life. Right, because God is our creator. He is the creator of, of this universe. He is the creator of you and me. And God has given us a plan. He has given us a purpose for our lives. God has created us to live in relationship with him. He has created us to, to glorify him. He has created us to make much of him. And as we said in the very first week of this sermon series, that sin, right, sin is ultimately missing the mark, right? God has a standard and we we fall short of that standard, and so sin has messed everything up, right? Sin has, has uh, is, we make it all about ourselves, is what sin is, is selfishness. 
right? The focus is on us. And so the focus being on God, and so we turn to other things. And yet God, in his grace and mercy, still loves us. He still pursues after us, and he sent his one and only son, Jesus, to rescue us from sin, right? To change our hearts, to give us a new heart, to give us a new life. That was Jesus' mission. That was his purpose, right? He says, I came to seek and to save that which was lost. And now that we have been rescued, right, our, our mission is the same, right? We want to help others come to know God and to have that same relationship. And that's what this Pray for One series has been all about, right? We, we've challenged you to say this simple prayer each, each morning that you wake up. And so we're going to put it back on the screen up here. Go ahead. Uh, and this is a prayer, right? Every morning we, we've challenged you to wake up and say this prayer, Lord Give me one person today to whom I can share your love. So let's do it together. You ready? On the count of three. One, two, three. Yeah, yeah. And so that, that's, that's, that's what we've challenged you with each, each and every, every week to do this every single day. And I guarantee you that God will answer that prayer 100% of the time. And that's really uh, the greatest command, right? So a lawyer approaches Jesus one day and asks him, Jesus, what is the greatest command? Of all 613 commands, which is the greatest? And, and Jesus replied and said, love the Lord your God with all your heart, mind, soul, strength. And then the second is like, love your neighbor as yourself, right? Love God, love others. Love God, love people. It's God's love in as you receive God's love, and then and it's God's love out. You pour it out to others, right? And then Jesus, the night before he went to the cross, he was having uh, the last supper, the meal with his disciples, and he says, a new command, right? So, so not only were there 613 commands, and then he boils it down to two, but then Jesus says, hey, a new command I give you, which is just like the first, the greatest command. He says, a new command I give you is to love, to love one another. Just as I've loved you, you also are to love one another. That's John 13, 34. And now we know that Jesus' love is different from our love, right? Jesus' love is sacrificial. His love is limitless. It's unconditional. His love is gracious. He, he, his love, he lays down his life, not for just his good buddies, right? But Jesus lays down his life for his enemies because we were enemies so that we can receive his love and that have our sins forgiven. And this is important for us to understand this, Okay? We can't love others in the same way he loves us without first receiving his love. Right? You, you can't go out and say, I'm going I'm to try to love people the way that Jesus loves people you know, without first receiving his love. You, can't, you just can't do it because you're not going to be able to love your enemies. You're not going to be able to love people who, who wrong you. You're not going to be able to see people the way Jesus sees them unless you've received his love first. So Jesus desires for us to receive his love, to grow in his love, right? To grow in the gospel and then let his love flow through you, right? As we talked last week, we are that extension. How His love flows through us to other people. And so when we pray for one, what we're doing is we are aligning ourselves with the will of God. And so when you pray for one, you are actively choosing to invest and to build God's kingdom. Now, we talked about this idea of God's kingdom a couple of weeks ago, and I just want to kind of refresh your memory about this uh, and kind of what this means, right? Because oftentimes when you read through the Gospels, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, 
you will hear uh, phrases like the kingdom of heaven or the kingdom of God, right? And in Matthew 6, 10, Jesus taught his disciples to pray, and he said, your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. John the Baptist, who was the forerunner of Jesus, uh, comes and he preaches a message of repentance, and he says, repent, for the kingdom of heaven is near, or is at hand, or is near. And so the idea of kingdom is, is that it's, it's already, it's already, but not yet. It's already, but not yet. So in other words, Jesus has come. He has come in the flesh. He has died on the cross. He has resurrected from the dead. We can be forgiven. We have been rescued from our sins, but we still live in a fallen, broken world, right? So it's here, it's already, but it's not yet. In other words, when we get to heaven, it's going to be complete, right? Does that make sense? You guys tracking? So sin, right? So, so in Genesis 3, it talks about the curse of sin. And the Bible describes sin as a curse. Sin is separation from God. Sin brings death. It brings guilt. It brings shame. It brings condemnation. But Jesus came to rescue us. It brings, it brings us life. He restores our relationship with God. And so that's, that's what the kingdom is all about. And so when we think about kingdom of God, it's more than just this life. So that's what I think we, we fail to see sometimes is, is the kingdom of God is more than just this life. It's, it's more than just the years. It's more than just sand through an hourglass. Right? It's more than just the years that you're going to spend on this earth. But when we talk about the kingdom of God, we're talking about eternity. We're talking about life after death. So what I want to do as we wrap this series up today is to simply ask a question and I really want you to, to, to wrestle with this question. I want you to think through this question as we, as we walk through some things here, as we walk through this, this uh, story that Jesus tells. I want you to wrestle with some things. And the question today is this, as we wrap up Pray for One series, because I've said from the beginning, right, I don't want this to just be a, a four-week thing that we do and then it ends today, right? I want this to be, this is who we are, right? I mean, this is, our, our purpose here is to make much of Jesus and reach, disciple, and equip. So praying for one falls right in line with that. So I, I want to just challenge you, man. Are we going to do this every single day? Are we going to be committed to this? Or is this just one of those things that, eh, man, we did it for four weeks and I'm good, right? And so here, here's the question. This is the challenge, okay? Whose kingdom are we building? Whose kingdom are we building? Are we building God's kingdom or are we building our own personal kingdom? Whose kingdom are we building? And Jesus asks the same question, and he asks the same question for us today. Now, this section of scripture that we're looking at is known as the famous Sermon on the Mount. All right, the Sermon on the Mount is, 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 is Jesus' most famous sermon, and he is preaching to an, a massive audience here. Right, All the people had gathered it's at the end of Jesus' sermon, and he basically calls for a response. Right? He calls for an action. Every week, we, we kind of have a response time. We, we give you an action. We say, do you need prayer? Do you need to give your life to Jesus? You know, what do you need? And so Jesus, this is his response time. Right? The, the disciples are coming out with their instruments, and they're getting ready to play a song or two. I don't know. Maybe they did. Maybe they didn't. I don't know. But this is Jesus' response. And he's asking, whose kingdom are you going to build? And so this is, this, this is the scripture. Right? It's going to be on the screen for you if you don't have your Bible. This is what it says. Everyone then who hears these words of mine and does them will be like a wise man who built his house on the rock, and the rain fell, and the floods came, and the winds blew and beat on that house. But it did not fall because it had been founded on the rock. 
And everyone who hears these words of mine and does not do them will be like a foolish man who built his house on the sand. And the rain fell, and the floods came, and the winds blew and beat against that house, and it fell, and great was the fall of it. So, so what I want to do is I want to point out a few things from this story, okay? For first, I think uh, it's pretty simple, right? You have two builders, right? You have a one wise builder and one foolish builder. So, so the wise person, the wise builder, builds on the rock. Now, the rock here uh, in the Greek is, is the word is, is, is uh, Petra, right? Petra. And, and you look that word up, and, and so in Isaiah, uh, he uses it. He says, therefore, thus says the Lord God, behold, I am the one who has laid as a foundation in Zion a stone, a tested stone, a precious cornerstone, a sure foundation. Whoever believes will not be uh, in haste. And then in 1 Corinthians 3.11, Paul writes this. He says, For no one can lay a foundation other than that which is laid, which is Jesus Christ. So Jesus Christ is the rock. He is the foundation. So the question is, is how do you know if you are wise or not? Well, if you hear, Jesus says, if you hear these words of mine and you put them into practice. Right, so, so, so if the gospel, right, we talk about this all the time, if the gospel moves from your head to your heart, right, J- James, in the book of James, he talks about a, a faith that is, uh, that, is, that is put into action, right? You say you believe in God, well then show me your belief by, by what you do, right? It's this action, it's faith in the action. So Jesus says if you, if you hear these words and you put them into action, right, because there were a lot of religious leaders in Jesus' day who went to the temple every single day, who knew the word of God frontwards and backwards, but it was right here. All they had was knowledge. They didn't have it in here. And so Jesus is saying, if you put these words into practice, like words like the new command, right? Love others as I have loved you. Right? So, So you're connected to Jesus, right? You're connected to the power source. His love is flowing through you, and his love is changing you from the inside out, right? There's this change that's happening. And now you are extending that love to others, right? If you're doing those things, Jesus says you are a wise builder that is building on his foundation, and you are building into his kingdom. But the foolish person ignores his words, right? They, they, they ignore his instructions. They build their life on the sand, right? Like sand through the hourglass. These are the days of our lives. They just tick, 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 tick. Fall, 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 fall. And eventually there will be nothing left. And see, this, this right here is the normal pattern of this world. Right? Then the normal pattern of this world says to live for your own kingdom. The normal pattern, pattern of this world is, is to build your own kingdom. And, and by the way, this, this uh, because of sin, right, and, and the nature of sin being selfish, we're always going to be, our default mode is always going to be towards personal kingdom building, right? It's always going to be that way. And so, so you'll hear people say, you know, I've, I've got to build, 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 build. I've got to achieve, 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 achieve. I've got to make a name for myself because, listen, it's all about my personal kingdom. And see, the, the people have what King Solomon writes in the book of Ecclesiastes. They have what's called an under-the-sun perspective. And this is really a worldview. Right? This is a worldview that people have, right? And so the under-the-sun under perspective is basically this idea that this right here is all you have. 
that this life, that, you know, there's no eternity. Like, once you die, that's it. This is all you have. And so, man, you better, you better make the best of this right here. It's like saying through the hourglass, these are the days of your lives. This is it. Once this runs out, bam, it's over. That's, that's under the sun perspective, right? And so King Solomon says, these, these people that have this perspective, uh, to quote uh, the, the great theologian Dave Matthews, right? They, 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 they want to eat, drink, and be merry, for tomorrow we die which he's quoting from, from King Solomon, right? That's, that's the Bible. And so that the idea is, is that, that, that let's, let's, just eat, let's just live it up, man. Right? Let's build a name for ourselves. Let's build our kingdom. Let's, let's go to the top, right? Let's, let's do what we can because this life is all we have. That's the foolish person, right? So, so you got a, a wise person, a foolish person. Second, Jesus makes it clear that everyone builds a house, and by house he means life. So everyone is building a life, right? In other words, every single person is living for something. Now, now here's the thing, man. God, God is a God who is gracious and kind, and he is a God who, there, there are people, every, every single person on this planet, regardless if you are a Christian or not, experiences common grace. You guys know what common grace is? There are common experiences that every single person experiences that even if you're not a believer in Christ, you, you get to experience them, right? I mean, you get to enjoy great tasting food, right? You may not believe that that's a gift from God, but for those of us who are in Christ, we know that that is a gift from God. And so when we bite into that Chipotle burrito, right, and those juices flow down, we, we, it, doesn't, it doesn't just end on the burrito. It's not like, oh, this is an awesome burrito, right? We say, God, you are awesome for creating these flavors, right? You, you get my point, right? It's common graces for everybody. Everybody has gifts, everybody has talents, everybody has resources. Like we all have these things. God is gracious. He is kind. He gives these things to everybody. And, and, and so the point is, is that everybody is going to use those gifts, those resources to either invest in God's kingdom or to invest in their own personal kingdom. Right, so they're either building something. They're building something. That's the point. You're either building it to, to God's kingdom you're either using the things that God has given you to, to honor and glorify him and to invest in his kingdom, or you're using those things to invest in your own kingdom, right, which is the sand in the hourglass. Third, Jesus makes it clear that every house, every life faces a storm. Now, now this is where it gets interesting, right, because we start talking about storms of life, and I think most of the time our minds uh, go to the difficulties that we face in life, and that's true, right? I mean, there's all kinds of of difficulties, right? We think about financial difficulties, right? We think about losing our job. We think about going bankrupt. We think about uh, relational difficulties. We think about people, you know, strange relationships. We think about divorce. Uh, we think about all these things. We think about physical uh, difficulties, right? And the list could just go on and on and on and on. And some people may look at that and say, well, I mean, I'm a pretty good builder. I'm a, I, and, and I may be able to navigate the storms of life. For instance, if I, if I work hard enough, I may encounter, I may not encounter financial difficulty, right? If I, if, I, if I work hard and I build this, my own personal kingdom and I build this empire, right, I may not experience financial difficulty, right? You might be really successful, you've built an awesome life, and people might look at your life and say, wow, man, you've built a really nice kingdom for yourself, the only problem with that is I'm pretty sure that Jesus is talking about a different kind of storm in this, in this story. 
And if you were to back up a few verses, starting at verse 13 of chapter 7, we're not going to look at it, but if you, were to, if you were to look at that, you would see that Jesus kind of makes a point. He says there's, there's two paths. Right? He's kind of giving the Sermon on the Mount. He says there's two paths. There's a narrow path that's hard, and few find it. And then he says there's this wide path, man, that, that's easy, and that, 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 that's the, the, the normal pattern, right, of this culture. And lots of people find it, but he says that path leads to destruction, leads to death. And then, and then he goes on from that, and he says there's, there's, there's a tree, and there's two types of fruit, right? We talked about that last week, right? If you stay connected with Jesus, you're going to bear good fruit. But if you're not, right, you're, you're not going to bear any fruit. And Jesus says, what good are you to be, said, to be cut off and thrown into the fire? And then there's two claims, right? We, we, you know, the, the, the religious leaders are like, hey, Jesus, did we, you know, did we not say, because uh, he says many will come to me and say, um, did we not prophesy in your name? Did we not do all these miracles? And he says, away from me, I never knew you. Right? And so there's these two claims there. And then he goes into the wise and foolish builder. And so I think the storm that Jesus is talking about here is a storm of death, the storm of judgment. And I don't care how good of a builder you are, nobody escapes the storm of death. I'm pretty sure that death is batting 100%, right? right? Like sand through the hourglass, these are the days, and there is a storm that's coming, and that storm is death, and so we have to decide on what foundation am I going to build my life? Am I going to build it on the sand through the hourglass? that is going, 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 and it will eventually be gone? Or am I going to choose to build my life on the foundation of Jesus and choose to invest into eternity and build his kingdom so that when that storm does come, what I've built on remains? And this is why I believe that if we choose to pray for one, that if we choose to just say, okay, I'm going to do this every day from here on out, then what we're doing is we're building on the foundation of Jesus. Praying for one is waking up each day, right, and aligning yourself with the will of God. It's starting the day off, right, before we bring our, our, our list of, of, of our needs and the things that we want, right, before we do any of that, what I want today more than anything else, God, is for you to give me one person to share your love with. And you are praying something that you know God wants for you. You're praying this new command, Lord, help me to love someone just as, as you have loved me. And when we do this, we are making a choice to invest and to build God's kingdom and not our own. And so just real quickly, let me, let me run, run back through this, okay? We, week one, we talked about the value of one, the value of one. And we talked about how God created every single person, and every single person has self-worth and self-value because they were created in the image of God. Right? And God's desire is that no one should perish. John 3.16, for God so loved the world that he sent his son to the world to die. So when you pray for one, and that's anyone, right? You may have a name on the board, but when you wake up each day and you say, God, give me one person today. It could be anyone. You are in agreement with God, and you're saying, God, every single person has worth and value because they're created in your image. You see what I'm saying? And so you, you, are, you are agreeing with, you, you're building into God's kingdom. Week two, we talked about planting gospel seeds and watering those seeds. 
right? When you pray this prayer every day and you actively show God's love to other people, you are intentionally choosing to invest and build into God's kingdom, right? Because you're planting gospel seeds. You're sharing the love of God with people. I, I didn't mention, I haven't mentioned this, but, but Ron, Ron Hester, Ron and Mary Hester up front here, uh, been coming to church here for several years, and I've seen so much growth from you guys in the last several years. It's, just, it's, it's, it's redonkulous. It's awesome. Like, there's nothing greater as, as, as somebody who's a, a pastor, you know, just to see the growth, you know, and how much they've grown, and, and they've grown a lot. And what's cool, man, is you see it right up here on this, this row right here, right? So, so Ron invi- invites Margie, Margie Tucker, to come to church, and you've been coming now for how long? About 18 months. And so Margie's coming, and then she invites Tom, and Tom and Don come. Right, and so Ron has filled up a whole row right here, right? And it's just awesome to see that. That, that, that is, listen, that is, in, that is a great example of investing and building into God's kingdom, right? It's not just seeing it through an hourglass, right? You are investing into eternity. And that's a prime example right here, right here. And I love that, man, investing into God's kingdom. Week three, we said stay connected to Jesus. We talked about that last week. When you stay connected to Jesus, you are producing fruit. You are growing in his love, and his love is flowing through you. And as you do that, you are investing and building into God's kingdom. Now, here's the thing. I know it's not easy, right? Because we said our default mode, our sin nature, right? We, we, we automatically go back into our own personal kingdom building, right? We go back to sand through an hourglass. That's our default mode. But what I want to encourage you with today is this, man. Listen, God is, God is gracious, man. God, God is full of, of grace and mercy. But I want to encourage you, man. Listen, we have the Holy Spirit that lives in us. Right? We have the Holy Spirit that lives in us. We have the Word of God that we can turn to every single day, that we can, we can know what, what God wants from us. We can, we can just live. We stay connected to Jesus through the Word. The Holy Spirit is, is, is leading us and guiding us. We have each other, right? We have this community. I, I, can't, I cannot stress to you how important it is to be a part of a local community like, like a church. You know, and I know I hear people all the time say, man, I think, you know, you can just stay at home and you can, you know, watch a, a TV preacher or, you know, and, and you can, you can do that. But, but what have we been talking about here? What have we been talking about investing in God's kingdom, right? And here's the thing, man, you can't stay at home. And you can't watch the TV preacher and you can live this life and this recluse, whatever. But God created us for a relationship. God created us for community. And he, crea- he gave you gifts. He gave you resources not to just be hoarded to yourself, but to come together as a community. Right? This is why the church is important, man. When we get people, we come together and we're all working towards the same goal and we're all building and investing in God's kingdom, right? What, what we're doing, man, is we are advancing the gospel, right? I mean, ha- think about the possibilities that God could use if everybody said, you know what? Yeah, God has given me this gift. God has given me these resources. God has given me this time, right? Listen, God, God is in charge of, God created time, right? If you sit there thinking, man, I just, I just don't have enough time, right? I don't have enough time in the day to do what, do what I need to do. Listen, God, God, if you're investing in his kingdom and you're building his kingdom, God can do this for you. Right? God can 
God can stop time. God can give you more time. If you are wanting to invest in his kingdom and build his kingdom, God God will make it happen. Right? God God has given us the resources. He has given us the tools. Why why do we sit at home and, and, and do nothing with them, right? Let's get together in community. Let's, let's, let's advance the gospel. Let's pray for one and see God's kingdom grow. Amen? Come on. Come on. And when we do that, when the sand runs out, check this out. When the sand runs out, I'm not on empty, and heaven will be full of ones. Right? Ones that we've prayed for, ones that we have invested in, ones that we have poured God's love out to, right? So this is what I want us to do, man, as we wrap this up. We're going we're gonna to take communion together. And uh, I'm going to ask the servers to go ahead and get ready for that. And um, as, as they do this, I, wanna, I want you to think about this because communion is about, uh, every single week we do this, and it's about God and him, him laying down his life for us. And, and so each week we... we um, we talk about how Christ died on the cross and he shed his blood for us and the bread that you're going to take represents his body and the juice represents his blood that was shed. And so this is what I want you to think about, okay? As we take communion today, the, the servers, the aisle hosts, whatever you want to call them, are going to pass you a tray. And, and I want you to receive that tray just like you're receiving God's love. Right, this, this is, Jesus said, this is my body that was broken for you. This is my blood that is shed for you. And so as they pass the tray to you, I want you to receive, receive that love. And just like we've been talking about throughout this series, right, pray for one, you receive God's love. Then I want you to take that tray and I want you to pass to the person beside you because that's what pray for one is all about, right? You receive God's love, then you what? You pass God's love to others. God's love in, God's love out. So I want you to do that this morning. As, as we take communion, I want you to think about that, that picture and how that is as we leave here today, as we go on this, uh, this adventure of, of building into God's kingdom. It's receiving God's love. It's, it's, it's moving the gospel from our head to our heart, and it's and then pouring that love out to other people. So let's pray and let's receive communion. Let's receive God's love and pass it on. Father, we thank you so much. We thank you for your words. We thank you for your love. May we just thank you for the way that you are gracious and kind to us, God. And the way that you love us. We thank you for this time in our service where we come each week and we, we just get to proclaim the gospel again, God, as we celebrate what you've done for us and the victory we have in Jesus. So, Father, I, uh, I pray now that we receive these emblems, God, the bread and the juice, that, that we would think about how we're receiving your love. And as we pass the tray, God, how we, we, we pass your love to others. May this just stick in our hearts, God.